Welcome to the newest installment of our career series for teens. So you want to be an interior designer. I'm here today with Seamus McVicker, local Tom's River Schools alum and interior designer. Welcome, Seamus. Thanks, Cal. Thanks for having me. All right, so we're going to start off by having you tell us more about what your work is as an interior designer. What is interior designing and what does your day-to-day -day look like? Interior design is a lot of things in one. My field specifically is architecturally based, so it's not necessarily working with <laughs> crazy housewife and picking curtains and pillows and whatnot, but I'm working with really large clients, pharmaceutical companies and tech clients and space planning offices and labs and other types of areas that they require for their employees. So it gets very detailed but kind of umbrella of it is ensuring that you're creating a space that achieves the health safety and wellness of anyone that walks through it and also makes it aesthetically pleasing at the same time my day-to-day -day is uh very computer focused i'd say probably 60 percent of the time most of the things that we do are computer-based we use all uh, 3d rendering software when we're designing a project to develop renderings and visualize the space and see how it's going to look at the end of the day. And then we also work in drafting programs and develop 3D models that turn into construction documents. And the other 40% is we're doing a lot of finish selections and coordination with engineers and architects and making sure that all the pieces to the puzzle are fitting together to achieve the same goal. Okay, so when you talk about selecting finishes and things like that, um, can you just go into more detail about maybe your process in doing that? Like, you know, maybe what you enjoy about that part of the process? Because I think when a lot of people think about interior designing, that's what they think of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to go back to what I said about picking curtains and pillows, that is part of what we do, absolutely. You know, I mean, we're sitting at a table right now. Someone picked this laminate that's on the table and the gray band that runs around it. Those are the little details that add those finishing touches to the space that someone designed. So everything is it's storytelling for us. So we don't just imagine a box and turn it into a building at the end of the day. There's always a story that got us to the end product. So we come up with a concept and once we actually develop the project and the space planning and all of the rooms, then you kind of just have these empty white boxes and they need to be filled with paint and carpet and ceilings and furniture. So that's all something that someone has to pick and choose and everything requires an in-depth analysis. So I'm a huge fan of sustainability. So I always make sure that I'm looking for products that have recyclable content and aren't coming from countries that have poor manufacturing processes and so on and so forth. And then also we need to make sure that the products are gonna function the way that we want them to. So. If we have acoustical wall covering, you 
know, there's certain acoustic ratings that need to be met to ensure that a conference room, for example, isn't going to reverberate sound all over the space. And the ceiling tiles as well, they all carry an acoustical rating and the carpet as well. It looks nice. You want something that looks good, but it's also going to be a, a functional tool in the space so that your hard floor isn't bouncing sound off and whatnot. Okay, so I know that you talked about the fact that a lot of your work has to do with software. Can you talk about any other types of tools that you have access to in your workspace? Uh, yes, there's a large amount of CAD, which is computer-aided design programs that a designer would use. So personally speaking, we use Revit, which is an Autodesk product. So Autodesk is kind of the Kleenex of architectural drafting programs. There's a lot of different ones out there. There's like Chief Architect and a bunch of others that I don't know the name of right now, but most firms use Autodesk. So that's AutoCAD, Revit, there's BIMWorks and a bunch of other things and they all have different purposes but the main program that I use when I'm developing actual drafted drawings is Revit so it's a really cool program it's a lot easier to use than AutoCAD which is basically like 2D lines that you create drawings from Revit you can build a 3D model while also having 2D views of a floor plan or a ceiling plan or an elevation of a wall if you have some sort of accent material on it that you want to call out. So it's mainly Revit and then I'm personally using a program called Lumion which is a rendering program. So Revit can you can export your 3D models into this rendering software and then start to apply all of those finishes that I was talking about before into this program to basically turn it into like a sims model and then you can like walk around it you can put people in there you know start to add effects to it so that you can create a picture for your client to look at because most clients look at a 2d drawing you could share a floor plan or something in a meeting and they won't really get it but if you show them a 3d of say a cafe or a conference room or an open office that they will eventually see in real life it's just much easier to keep the design process moving Awesome. Okay, so I know that you talked a little bit about the fact that a lot of your day is spent on the computer, but I know that you were mentioning earlier before we started the podcast that you had more of an interesting day today. So you did a walkthrough of a building? Yeah, yeah. So today we started off a new project with one of my larger clients and we did an initial walkthrough of an existing space. So not every project you work on is a new building. So sometimes you're working in an existing space and you need to do a survey to ensure that you are creating backgrounds because you can't move a column for example and you have to look at the window conditions and the way that the architect designed the skin of the building we call it the skin which is just the facade and there's certain materials that need to stay you know you might need to measure existing ceiling heights if the client wants to keep the acoustical ceiling tile grid in place and maybe just replace the ceiling tiles themselves. So we just do a really in-depth walkthrough with our clients, sometimes without our clients, and we sometimes have existing backgrounds, sometimes we don't. Today we were lucky, we had a pretty detailed floor plan that we could work through and we just verified all of our spaces with that floor plan and walked through with a tape measure and had pens and paper and we're just jotting down notes and making notes about 
certain things in mechanical rooms and you know where duct work was running because at the end of the day that's it's going to affect the way that i can redesign the space so yeah it was fun a lot of walking (laughs) (laughs) okay awesome how did you find your way to interior designing what personally led you uh so it was not a straight shoot i originally applied to go to architectural school and (laughs) i did a little more research after i got accepted into that program and while doing that on my university's website found several other programs that i thought i might be more in alignment with so one of them was industrial design which is kind of like product design so it's designing furniture designing your jbl speaker designing water bottles so then i thought i wanted to do that but i've always had a passion for the built environment and built spaces and that's probably because my dad was a carpenter so I grew up in a lot of construction sites and it was always fascinating to me so kind of wound up meandering my way back over into the architectural programs and I saw interior design and my first thought like many others was oh like I don't want to be a decorator but that's not true so (laughs) don't be misled by that it's actually all of the things that I've been talking about for the last seven minutes or so so I took a chance and I applied to that program and got accepted into it and one thing led to another and realized that I was really passionate about it so it was kind of a happy accident okay um what type of degree do you have so I have a bachelor's of science in interior design can you tell us more about uh what classes you were taking how long it took you if you did any internships anything like that Design school is pretty unique. Uh, I think it's structured unlike any other college program. Most design programs are similar to this. So you always go in kind of knowing nothing. And your freshman year is a lot about the fundamentals of design. And that's all the way down to basic geometry to even figure drawing to teach you about the human form and organic structures. And you always take a design class for every semester. So your freshman fall semester design course is super duper basic. It's very small little like vignettes and you're doing a lot of hand modeling. And your second semester, you start to actually work with the space and develop floor plans and drawing. So it eases you in slowly but surely. And then as you progress into your junior and senior year, you're doing kind of full start to finish design. You're developing a concept. You're starting to sketch through all of your different ideas. And I like to call it killing your darlings, which is basically getting rid of that initial idea that you first had, because more likely than not, it's not going to work out. But hones your skill and makes you a wiser designer at the end of the day. So you're learning all of these skills that are going to help you when you're in your professional career. And your senior year is then, we do have a thesis, so you spend the whole year, the first semester, developing a booklet, doing all this research. You pick a specific space, you can do whatever you want, and then you have to pick a building So I went to school in Philly, so we had to pick a building in Philly and then design our project within this building. 
So you develop a whole conceptual book, you include all of your research. It's probably the closest thing to what an actual designer would wind up doing. And then your second semester is actually spent designing it and presenting it to a board of critiques, and then you get your degree. <laughs> awesome. And did you do any internships while you were in school? Oh, yes. So I had two internships. The first one was my summer after junior year. I interned full-time at a architectural firm in the city from May to August, and that was super cool. It was my first time, really got an idea of what I would be doing come my graduation and seeing how designers work on the day-to-day, and I got a lot of cool experiences and did a lot of surveying for projects that they had, so learned a lot about how to do a survey for an existing space. And then my second internship was the spring semester of my senior year. And it was also a really great experience. Uh, That internship taught me a lot about the CAD program that I referenced before, Revit. So I got a lot of good knowledge. There were a lot of really great mentors there that taught me a lot of skills that I still use today. It's pretty commonplace to have internships in the design field. So most architects and interior designers and engineers even will do at least one internship. It's it's highly recommended. And what school specifically did you go to? I went to formerly Philadelphia University, which is now Jefferson University. Okay. What other career paths could you explore with the degree that you have? It's pretty versatile. You don't have to stick with interior design. I work with a lot of people right now that came from different backgrounds. So you can do industrial design, which was one of those programs that I mentioned earlier. One of the women that I work with was actually the head product designer for Target for 10 or so years. And then she found her way into interior design so they're kind of you know you can kind of do one or the other or both if you want a lot of interior designers that I know have gone into product design for architectural spaces so they'll become lighting designers and they'll design light fixtures or they'll become furniture designers and go and work for a commercial furniture manufacturer or you could wind up realizing that your passions lie more with architecture and then you can go and become an architect it would require you to have more education, so you would have to get an architectural degree, which is one thing. If you have an architectural degree, you can go into interior design, but if you're an interior designer, you can't just become an architect. It's a little unfair in my opinion, but that's the way the world spins. So there's a lot of different branches that interior design can take you. Okay, thank you. That's really interesting. Do you have any advice for thriving in the career, like finding mentors, going to conferences, self-care tips? Yes. Mentors are always great. I look at my field as a trade. So if you were to think of an electrician or a carpenter, you always start out as an apprentice and you always have your mentor and you're learning the tricks of the trade from them. So it's no different really. When you come into this field and you know you have your education behind you you're still going to learn most of the things that you're going to wind up doing while you're doing it so your education doesn't fully start until you have your first job that first person that takes you under their wing is super important 
I've had my own. I've had several different mentors from architectural backgrounds, from interior design backgrounds, and they all taught me different things, but they've made me into the designer that I am today. And I'm still learning, you know, I'm only five years into this, but I've definitely been very lucky to have people who've been able to shape me into the designer that I am. So yeah, absolutely agree with finding a mentor. And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you work with. You know, if you met someone in school who you know is a designer in the field and you feel more connected to them, it's always great to reach out and just maintain an open line of communication. Our field is pretty small too, so everyone kind of knows everyone. As for conferences, we do a lot of different trade shows. The architectural community is always changing. We're always evolving, I should say. And new products are constantly coming out, new furniture is coming out, and we always want to have the nicest space. So we want to see that stuff coming through. I'm actually really lucky that I'm going to a trade show in California uh, in a few weeks to see a bunch of brand new products that are being released. And that's all the way down to doorknobs and metal trims for tile backsplash. And it's even new AV hardware, like touchscreen marker boards and really cool research materials that they want designer feedback on. So if you ever get the opportunity to go to them, do them. And then even things that you can do right at your computer is CEUs, which is uh, continuing education. That is something that you actually need to do if you are a licensed designer. So I am certified by the Interior Design Board. So I'm a licensed interior designer and I'm required every two years to make sure that I have, I think it's 12 credits just so that they know that I'm staying on top of my education. Because as I said before, you're always learning. You don't just know everything right away. So CEUs are great. And I think self-care is important. It's a stressful environment sometimes. And I like to tell myself I'm not doing brain surgery. (laughs) So, you know, when you are working on a crazy project, sometimes you have difficult client or it's a really tight budget or a tight schedule or all three sometimes you take that home with you and it's not good for your brain you have to find a way to separate your personal life and your work life so nowadays it's kind of hard to say don't take your work home with you and most people are working from home but i've found a lot of different ways to do that and Cal and I like to do yoga sometimes (laughs) and meditate and sometimes it's just like if you're in your office or you're at your home office just unplug for a few minutes don't go on your phone lock your computer go for a walk around the block and just kind of reset your brain the brain's a muscle muscles get sore gotta be in tip-top shape to make good spaces Um, So you talked a little bit about being licensed. Is it a requirement to be licensed in New Jersey? Is it just something some people decide to do? Licensure for interior designers is a very gray area. To put it easily, interior design wasn't really considered a career until the 70s, and that's not really a lot of time. So right now there's a lot of legislation in congress about requiring designers to be licensed or not 
And some states still don't really promote it, and they should. Surprisingly, New Jersey isn't a state that requires licensure yet, but I think that we're well on our way. I think it was Virginia that just passed the legislation that requires designers to be licensed. And the nice thing about that, too, is that if you are a licensed interior designer in a state that recognizes it, you can actually stamp your own drawings. So if you are in a state like New Jersey that doesn't have any sort of rules or laws regarding that, you have to work with an architect always. So if I was a self-employed business and I was just doing my own thing, kind of consulting for people, and I was doing small office renovations or even residential renovations and we were doing a small change to a kitchen and we wanted to remove a wall, I would have to issue some sort of a drawing for that. And then that goes all through the board, the township to get you get building permits. And in order to have that permit, you need to have stamped architectural drawings. So I would have to go to an architect, pay him or them, and then have that drawing stamped and basically given the green light. So back to what I was saying, in Virginia, for example, that process, you would cut out all the middlemen. You could do your drawing, stamp it yourself, submit that to the township, and then get your building revisions approved and then get your permits. I still think no matter where you are in the United States, you can still get licensed. So if you're in a state that doesn't recognize it, that shouldn't stop you from still doing it. I think it's a great thing to have on your signature and it shows your clients and your colleagues that you are motivated to be the best that you can be. It's a three-part test right now. There's been a lot of changes happening, but it's a three-part test and it is fundamentals of design. There's the second test (laughs) and then the third test is the practicum. When I took it, it kind of like thought back to my senior thesis because that practicum is okay you have a real world scenario you need to answer all these questions while looking at this set of drawings and then it gets graded and they have people review it and then you find out in four to five months if you got your license or not and then you have to renew it every year cool so you talked about consulting is that something you can do on the side is that something you do on the side uh i've done it yeah you can absolutely be a consultant i've done everything from charging someone to pick new paints out in their house to doing a 3d rendering of a barber shop in lacy for a friend i've helped out my mom's friends with repurposing kitchens and looking at cabinetry and taking elevations and doing quick sketches and yeah so there's a lot of different ways that you could do that but yeah it's a great little side gig make a couple extra bucks and what advice aside from thriving in the career how what advice can you give for preparing for this career is there anything that you wish that you knew when you were in high school First thing I would say is, I mean, absolutely have a passion for architecture and this. It's human nature to be passionate about something that you're going to be doing every day for the next 40 to 50 years and do your research. You know, it's something that I kind of did and I kind of didn't. I always, like I said, I had a love for the built environment and 
famous architects and always was admiring the Eiffel Tower and like Versailles and just these crazy architectural feats. So definitely grab some cool books. They don't even have to be books with words. It could just be like picture books, but just see the history of architecture and understand where it came from and more importantly, where it's going because architecture is literally changing the world. We are in a climate crisis and architects, unfortunately, or I should say our architectural community is the biggest producer of carbon emissions due to all the building materials that are supplied every day. So we acknowledge that we're part of the problem and we're working towards solutions. And I was just in a conference the other day meeting with a company on how to continue to find ways to change you know the things we're doing wrong so not to digress but definitely do your research on where we're going sustainability is going to be a part of your career if you decide to go into the architectural community and i'm sorry what were your other questions (laughs) (laughs) um just any advice that you have for preparing for the career what do you wish that you knew when you were in high school and trying to like figure out what you wanted to do and what led you to finally figure out like oh okay like that's something I can do that's something I'm gonna look into doing I think things that I wish I knew before going to school for this was that even though my degree was going to be in interior design I wish I knew that it was also going to be that you're a part-time engineer sometimes and you're also gonna be an architect sometimes and you're also gonna be a therapist sometimes and you're gonna be a janitor sometimes like every project is different every experience is different you know I've been like on my hands and knees scrubbing floors after a project's finished so that the building inspector could come through and give us our certificate of occupancy so you know not that any of it's a bad thing but you're definitely a jack of all trades and a master of none It's just something to be aware of before going into it. You're constantly going to be juggling and trying to keep everything in the air. Do you have any specific resume or portfolio tips, interview tips, like more of that detail-oriented stuff that you have to do when you're preparing to actually apply for jobs? Yeah, portfolios are important for going to school. So when you are trying to get accepted into an architectural or an interior design program depending on the school they'll require a portfolio to be submitted with your submission for admittance and they're not expecting you to have perspective drawings of houses and to be an ace at all of it but show them that you're creative show them weird sketches that you're doing let them see that you are thinking about something from multiple perspectives because that's what they want to see. They just want to see that you have the potential. Like I said, they're not expecting to see an architectural portfolio. Just be crafty, maybe even like build a a model out of cardboard. That would be something cool. But be creative, think outside of the box because we have to do that all the time. So do you have any resume or portfolio tips for when you're applying for jobs in the field? That It's subjective. When you're submitting a resume and a portfolio for your first job, you're going to submit a portfolio of, it could be artwork, but most of the time, like my portfolio when I got hired at my job was all of my 
student work. It was just concise, single pages of the best parts of each project, organized nicely, but still was aesthetically pleasing. Formatting is important, and you can look up examples of architectural portfolios and start to get a better understanding of that. And a lot of schools will actually have workshops for it too. So I went to a couple and was given some advice on it. It's like round robin. So they'll have, you know, six or seven designers come in that are usually like friends with your professor or something, and you'll let them review it and they'll give you some notes. Be open to criticism too. That's definitely important. Yeah. Your first job portfolio is not going to be too much different from building a portfolio for when you're going to get accepted to college. Once again, you know, be creative, think outside the box. What's setting you apart from others? Do you have any specific tips for interviews? Is there something that like you wish you knew when you went into your first interviews? Did you have to do a lot of interviews? I did my senior year right before graduation my school has a large job fair and they bring back a bunch of alum that are still connected to the school in some way and you submit your portfolio through this website and then they can review everyone's digital portfolios and then select people to interview so i attended that went to you know a handful of interviews interviewed with my current boss and was then brought back for a second interview. So I guess like official interviews, I would say two. It was a two-parter. It doesn't always have to be, but I've noticed recently that a lot of the newer employees that we have in our office came back twice. And I would just make sure if you get to that final round and you kind of know that this is it, don't forget that a job interview isn't necessarily them interviewing you. It's also you interviewing them. You need to make sure that this is the environment that is right for you. And it goes back to even the size of the firm. So there's small firms that are 25 people. And there's large firms that are 15,000 throughout the entire world. I work in the latter, but uh, size is important. The culture is super important. The people that you know you're going to be working with on a daily basis is super important. So throw a curveball at them. Ask to interview with four or five other individuals at that same time, you know, say, you know, what kind of projects would I be expecting to work on on day one? And then if you can get an answer out of your interviewer, then say, okay, cool. Would you mind if I could have a conversation while we're here with a couple of the individuals that would be part of that typical project team and start to feel it out, see if the vibes are right. I always asked in my interviews too, if they were supportive of licensure and professional memberships so we have a bunch of professional memberships so ensure that they are supportive of licensure and professional memberships Uh, my firm pays for my yearly professional membership which is the international interior design association and that opens you up to a lot of professional networking opportunities so make sure that they're willing to help pay for that for you because they're not cheap the fees it's about $1,300 to get your license and my job reimbursed me for that. So I confirmed with them that they were willing to do so before I even accepted the position. So make sure that you are addressing the most important things to you. And what made you finally settle on where you're at now? Like, did something spark for you during the interview or you were like, yeah, this, you know, seems good enough. And now you stuck around. I would say when I interviewed The thing that got me was 
that I hadn't worked for a large firm yet. So my internships were smaller to medium-sized firms. So this was a new experience for me, and I'm the type of person that if it's something that I haven't done yet, I'm more willing to do it. That was a big plus sign for me just to see what it would be like. And then the range of projects that my firm has was pretty captivating. So we do everything from university renovations all the way up to two million square foot hospitals in China. Just the fact that any given day I could get put on a crazy cool project was pretty interesting. And it worked out and it it has come true. I've worked on a lot of very interesting things. So I guess I made the right decision. Can you talk about your favorite project that you've done so far? You don't have to go into a lot of detail, but it would just be interesting to know what you've been enjoying doing in your current firm. Yeah, so I just recently completed a renovation for one of the larger pharmaceutical clients that I work with. It was a cafeteria, so might not sound super cool on the outside, but it was a renovation to a building that was completed in like 1961. So it was a very thorough survey and then assessing all of the existing conditions that we had to work around. That whole process was super cool. There was a lot of really in-depth research that needed to be done. And we excavated part of the floor so that the whole dining room was on one level because it was tiered at one point. So when we were thinking about actually doing that excavation when construction started we needed to make sure that there wasn't anything underneath it so we did a like a sonar survey of the floor to see if there were any pipes or really large rocks that were underneath it so i got to experience some different things with that but i think the coolest part was that i kind of got to do my own thing and lead the interior design effort It was very hospitality-based, so we got to do some really high-end, nice finishes, and the project just opened up about a month ago at this point, and the client is over the moon, and all of the employees on the campus are really happy. So I've been there a couple times since. The employees have been able to go in there and actually order and get food, and they are just so happy because the space before was super outdated and really small and closed off and it just wasn't a really it wasn't a nice break from your workplace and now they have this gorgeous space with all of these amenities and variety under one roof it's pretty nice that i can say that i was part of the effort which because it wasn't just me it was a really large team of people who worked together for four years to make it happen so it's just pretty cool that i can be one of the many people to put my name on it Yeah, and it's awesome that you get to, like, walk through the space that you created. Yeah, it's kind of like a fever dream. When you (laughs) finally get to do it, you're like, wow. Like, this was literally, like, a 3D model at one point. And now I can touch the walls, and I can touch the walnut wood paneling, and walk on these floors that did not exist six months ago. So, it's pretty cool. That's why I love what I do. Yeah, it's awesome to be able to see it come to life. Are there any interior designers that maybe they would be able to like go and look up and look at their portfolios just to kind of get more of an idea of what that looks like? Are there, is there any direction you can point them in to explore it more? Um, this might make me sound bad, but like <clears throat> there, I don't know any like famous interior designers off the top of my head, but 
Um, you know, I think you can get a subscription. I think as a student, you can get it for free. There's Interior Design Magazine, and there's always highlighted designers, and they always showcase diversity, which I think is super cool. So, you know, there's a really great chance that you might find a designer that looks like you or identifies as you, and that'll kind of lead you down this rabbit hole, and you'll find all of these really cool designers. I, I'm still, like, I always go on Instagram, and I'm in my explorer, I'm finding, like, cool, like, pictures, and it leads me to some cool niche architectural or interior design firm, and the designers are tagged in the post and stuff, so... Yeah, I would just, you know, start to look up the major firms first, I think, and see where that takes you. And also, just so I can put this into another question that I uh, asked you before, I really want you to talk about your design library. Because one, it's called the library. And yeah. then also, like, you get to, like, go into it and, like, look at all the stuff. So if yeah. you just, because I'll use that underneath the what type of tools or software. So you can be like, another tool I use is. Yeah. So we have our design library. And that is for all of the interior finishes that could possibly make it into a project. So that is quartz countertop samples to wood paneling samples or wood veneers. There's bins of fabrics by different manufacturers that we could pull when we're selecting furniture for a project, or it's binders that are from a furniture manufacturer and you're picking the color of the plastic trim on the edge of the chair or the rubber on the armrests or the color of the casters, um, the wheels on the floor. So yeah, it's, it's usually like an unorganized crazy mess. So it's very much unlike your library, which is really detailed and organized because it needs to be. Sounds like um, you need a librarian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some <laughs> firms do have librarians and they're God's gift from heaven, but we <laughs> do not. We are all our own librarian and we're not good librarians. <laughs> Um, okay, and then the one other thing that I want you to mention is, can you talk about, like, if you had any favorite subjects or anything in school? So, like, you know, kind of, you know, talking about, like, oh, yeah, I, like, like these subjects in school, and that made me think, like, oh, maybe I'd want to do this. Just kind of, like, getting at that, like, okay, I'm a teenager in high school. I'm looking at my options. The only class that I took <clears throat> at High School South, we did have a CAD class. So we did learn how to use AutoCAD. And then I know that there is an elective that I, I believe there is like an interior design elective class. Okay. And I think that it's more so like learning how to like pull color palettes and there are some materials involved, but I didn't take it. So personally, I can't speak on it, but I did take the AutoCAD class and I think that was a cool introduction and I'm sure now it's probably a Revit class because no one really uses AutoCAD anymore. So if you have an opportunity to take something similar to that and like talk to your guidance counselors even and make sure that they're presenting you with classes that should fit the path that you think you want to go in. But yeah, if there's anything like that, just take it. No one's expecting you to be a pro, but just get a feel for it. See what it's like and it'll definitely help when you make your way into college. And drawing and art, 100%. Yeah, I took art every year. You got to work with your hands and, you know, you got to be creative. So use that right brain, right? Right is the creative side. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate your time, and I'm sure all of the teens listening in do as well. Thanks again for having me.